Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. America faces a choice. This is Battleground America. Here's Tara Servatius. Welcome to another edition of Insane Things That Happened This Week. We'll count them down, starting with this. The national gas price average in America surging to a new record high of $4.59 this morning. Look at that. That was this morning. And what makes it so insane is not just that we set a record for gas prices, but we set a new all-time record for gas price highs every single day for 11 days in a row. Today's day 11. I'm betting tomorrow on day 12 things won't be any different. This was preceded, by the way, by the shocking announcement by J.P. Morgan Chase that prices are only going up. Yep, we'll hit a record high of $6.20 a gallon, they predict, by August. They didn't even bother to predict what that due to diesel, but it should be a $1.50 higher. Since diesel is used by the trucks that move your food, well, food prices are going to go through the roof, too. Why is all this happening again? Let's let Biden's energy secretary, Jennifer Granholm, remind us. This is from February 2022, where she explains casually that we're just we're transitioning off oil and she hopes it won't be too painful for Americans. This president and this administration are looking at every single tool to shield American families from the impact of rising energy prices. And we're working through we're working through an energy transition. And the reality is we have to take some time to get off of oil and gas. We recognize this. This is a transition. But that was so February. Yesterday, she told senators in a hearing under oath, it was actually Putin's fault. Now, I don't recall Putin showing up with a gun, holding it to her head and forcing an energy transition away from oil. But this is what they claim. Here she is with Josh Hawley. Um, Secretary Grenholm, Today in the state of Missouri, the average price of gasoline t- today, as of this morning, is $4.10. Average price of diesel is $5.18. And I'm sure you've seen the reporting this morning that now AAA is projecting that gas prices will hit a national average, average of $6 a gallon by the month of August. Is this acceptable to you? No, it is not. And you can thank the activity of Vladimir Putin for invading Ukraine and pulling essentially oh, those barrels. Uh, with all due respect, Madam Secretary, that's utter nonsense. In January of 2021, the average gas price in my state was $2.07. Eight months later, 
eight months later, long before Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine, that price was up over 30% and it has been going up consistently since. What are you doing to reverse this administration's policies that are drawing down our own supply of energy in this country that are throttling oil and gas production in the United States of America. What are you doing about With it? With respect, sir, it is not administration policies that have affected supply and demand. How can you say that when the price of gas was up over 30 percent from January to uh, you answer my questions? Answer. And it's my time, Madam Secretary. So why don't you answer my question? From January to August, the price of gasoline was up over 30%. In my state alone, it has been a continuous, a continuous upward tick since then. And here's what your president did when he first came to office. He immediately re-entered the Paris Climate Accord. He canceled the Keystone Pipeline. He halted leasing programs in Anwar. He issued a 60-day halt on all new oil and gas leases and drilling permits on federal lands and waters. That's nationwide. That accounts, by the way, for 25% of U.S. oil production. He directed federal agencies to eliminate all supports for fossil fuels. He imposed new regulations on oil and gas and methane emissions. Those were all just in the first few days. Are you telling me that's had no effect I'm on our energy supply? She just goes on lying after that. What's actually funny is how they think about this inside the Biden administration, where you can't say, apparently, that gas prices are too high. What does that mean? They want them to go higher. I guess that'd be a career killer. One of the senators tried to get Biden's interior administrator to just admit, hey, gas prices are too high. But the thing is, these people intend to go to $10 a gallon gas, so she's not going to say that, although he tried. Do you believe that gas prices are too high? Americans are still recovering from this terrible pandemic, and there are a lot of other world um, events that are making things difficult. So it sounds you're unwilling to say that gas prices are too high. We're doing um, all we can, Senator. Let me translate. She doesn't believe gas prices are too high at all, and she intends to help push them higher. Which brings us to insane thing number two. You got to wonder how many of these illegals getting ready to mob the border are going to turn around and run back to their home countries after these prices hit. Whatever the case, the last thing holding the hordes, the mob at the border back is set to expire on Monday. It's Title 42. It doesn't have to go, but the Biden administration has fought to remove it so they can continue at a maximum pace with their voter recruitment drive at the border. And how big will that be? UK Daily Mail reported yesterday, much bigger than we suspected, even a few weeks ago. They're expecting a whopping 8.4 million people a year to illegally enter the country and stay after Title 42 is lifted. Those are staggering numbers. Ahead of this debacle, Biden staffers wisely, for a change, decided he better flee the country. So is Title 42 expires, he headed for somewhere that really matters. You know, Korea. I'd hide overseas too if I were undermining the country that way. Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, nailed it with this. Biden should be given an honorary membership in the Mexican drug cartels because nobody has done more to help the cartels than Biden with his open border policies. And so so it's a total disaster. Uh, It's been a disaster, I fear, with Title 42. If they do repeal it, uh, I think things are fixing to get even worse. That brings us to insane thing number three, the most staggering admission of the whole week. 
It comes to us from a federal courtroom in D.C. where cyber analyst for the FBI, Scott Hellman, testified that he took a look at the Russia collusion accusation data. You know, the data that the FBI ultimately used to launch its investigation and terror campaign against Donald Trump. And he admitted under oath from the stand that within 24 hours of analyzing it, the FBI knew it was fake. In fact, its quality was so bad, he said he thought it had been put together by someone, quote, suffering a mental disability. What was that? Obviously fake evidence. That attorney, Michael Sussman, the guy on trial, the attorney for not just Hillary's campaign, but also for the DNC. What exactly was that evidence he took to them as evidence of Trump-Russia collusion? Oh, that Trump was secretly communicating with the Kremlin via a server hooked between Trump Tower and Alpha Bank, a Russian entity. It was totally fake. Again, as Hellman reported from the stand. The crazy thing is, the Washington Post and New York Times won a Pulitzer for reporting. Folks, why do I bring this up? I want you to understand the sheer nature of the fakeness of the stuff that passes as truth. Look, I get it. If you're seeing the head of the CIA, the head of the FBI, uh, the director of national intelligence um, say something and you're watching the New York Times and Washington Post win a Pulitzer for reporting it, that many people can't possibly be involved in a conspiracy. But they were. And we learned it for sure this week. How big a bombshell was that? On the very day that testimony occurred, Tuesday, the federal government admitted UFOs were real and the Democrats held hearings on it. That's the level of cover-up necessary to keep people from noticing the level of that lie. So let's look back at what we learned. Russia collusion was always fake. The FBI knew the second it saw the first evidence of it and that poorly put together evidence came from Hillary Clinton's campaign and the Democrat National Committee. They lied to everyone, the media, to their followers and voters, to Russia even. But here's the shocking point. Even though this FBI analyst told his superiors that this was clearly a hoax and fake, they took it and ran with it. Less than three months later, FBI Director James Comey would be sitting before a congressional committee under oath announcing to the world that, yes, Trump was in fact, and that's where he announced it, Trump was in fact under investigation by the FBI for Russia collusion. It's a horror show, all right? Now, you got to remember the scope and the size of this lie that we now knew the FBI knew from the moment of its inception was fake. It was two years of around-the-clock coverage. Sometimes, I can remember this, newsbusters would track what percentage of like CNN and C, you know, CBS and all of them, their newscast, their nightly newscast was focused on Russia collusion. It'd be like half, two-thirds, all Russia collusion stories, all fake. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The scope of it, the size of it, is staggering. This wasn't a lie or fake news. This was the media and our intelligence agencies in the Democrat Party spinning an entire fake reality literally a fiction book or a movie that the country was dragged through in which half the country, maybe more, lived through a period of such terror in which they believed that Vladimir Putin had conducted a coup, controlled their president. They were losing control of their sovereignty in their country. None of it happened. It was a coup, all right. But by Hillary, the DNC, the Democrats, the media, and our intelligence agencies. And their ability to do it represents one heck of a lot of power. And they've all clearly come to the conclusion that if they're going to continue lying on that scale, like in Jaws, they're going to need a bigger boat. They're building one inside the Department of Homeland Security. The week began with the dismissal and then the resignation, they later let her resign, of the buffoon disinformation queen they'd appointed. And they said they were putting a pause on the disinformation commission. But that pause was only temporary as they brought in a bigger, badder, bolder bunch of disinformers, deep state liars to take her place. When you understand who was just hired and appointed to run the disinformation commission during its pause, you get an idea of where they're going with it. Think about it. They could have housed the disinformation commission in any federal agency. But they chose the largest law enforcement agency, the Department of Homeland Security. That gives it the law enforcement imprimatur. And a look at who they just hired to run it explains how they're going to run it. Who did they hire? Former head of the Department of Homeland Security, Michael Chertoff. Who's he? A key disinformer. He, too, manipulated the public by insisting in multiple interviews that the Hunter Biden laptop was, in fact, fake. It was Russian disinformation, you see, probably put out by Trump and Russia. In other words, 
He's just as big of a liar and disinformer for the Democrat Party as Jenkowitz was. He just wants to make sure he can shut you up when you point out he's lying. And what will he be using to do that? Chertoff is the co-author of the Patriot Act. That'd be the same Patriot Act the FBI is currently using to terrorize over two dozen parents who made the mistake of embarrassing elected liberal school board members by speaking at the meetings, which they're entitled to. Yeah, we found out in the beginning of the week that over two dozen investigations have now been opened into innocent parents for speaking at school board meetings. And under what? The counterterrorism division. They've got counterterror tags. Using what? The Patriot Act. There it is again on the Disinformation Commission. Which brings us to their other hire, who was also an architect and author of the Patriot Act, Jamie Gorelick. The woman, Hillary Clinton, told us she planned to hire as her own attorney general if she was elected. In other words, she spuds with Hillary and she'll do her bidding. So the two hired to run this disinformation commission are it were intimately involved in the creation of the Patriot Act, which tells you exactly what they're going to do here. Why would they use the Patriot Act? Well, because it does two things. It allows our intelligence agencies to share information with law enforcement, you know, to better terrorize the public when they put something on Twitter. That's true. I mean, disinformation. But what else does it do? The Patriot Act blurs the need for criminal evidence or charges to spy on somebody. It allows our intelligence agencies to spy domestically for foreign threats, not crime, but anything that might have a foreign threat security interest, you know, like Russian disinformation. That's why they're running it out of the Department of Homeland Security. This is the instrument of terror they intend to use. You can tell by who they hired. Now, remember how all this got started. Elon Musk said he was going to buy Twitter. And within a week, there was a shocking, absolutely shocking admission, a letter to Congress by the former heads of the Department of Homeland Security, the CIA, and the NSA, admitting that they had been censoring us all along on social media and spying on us and requesting that Congress keep the ownership, do whatever they could to keep the ownership of social media in its current hands so they could go on censoring and spying on us. That letter was signed by members of the 51, the 51 lying intelligence heads who wrote that letter saying Hunter Biden's laptop wasn't real. It was Russian disinformation. So follow the timeline here because it's pretty staggering. The CIA, NSA and Homeland Security panic because they're going to lose control of Twitter and there might be free speech. They write the letter to Congress. A week after that, the disinformation board's born. But Nina Jenkowitz turns out to be such an embarrassment. They've got to dropkick her and they bring in someone even worse. The founders of, the creators of the Patriot Act. Folks, this is a bare, naked power grab by our intelligence agencies to be able to control the narrative and silence anyone who goes against it. And what is the narrative? Whatever they say it is, plus, you know, getting rid of anything that might embarrass the Democrat Party. This is going to be war. And they're not joking. In the beginning of the week, they were lying about the Buffalo shooter, claiming he was a right winger, liked Tucker Carlson, Fox News was to blame, even though he trashed Fox News 
and insisted repeatedly that he was an eco-fascist, a left-winger, a socialist. He's not one of us, not even close. But they ignored, ignored all that and pretended that rhetoric from Fox News somehow drove that shooting. I actually read the entire manifesto. You couldn't be more wrong. He was clear. He wasn't a supporter of Trump. He doesn't like the right. In fact, he hates capitalism because he believed, he said, that Jewish people were using it to manipulate the markets. So this guy is one of them. That's why they jumped into the battle, into the fray. The left did uh, to quickly plant the notion in the public that he was a right winger. But then they showed their hand two tweets. And what is that hand that the left absolutely intends to censor the right using the full power of the government, and the security state that they believe in censorship, that it's new, mainstream, hip and hot. What came out of two major media figures mouths this week was utterly terrifying. Bette Midler demanding the arrest and trial for treason and sedition of Tucker Carlson for disagreeing with the left and supposedly somehow inspiring the Buffalo shooter. She also wanted Rupert Murdoch ejected from the country after trial and Newt Gingrich arrested too. Midler's on the view, and she may be a joke to you, but she's still a major media figure, and this still indicates this kind of thought is going mainstream. Then there was Carl Cameron, who said the same thing. He used to work at Fox. He was on MSNBC at the time and telling everyone who'd listen that his former colleagues at Fox should be arrested. They never say on what, you notice. What does that mean? This is where the left is going. This is how they talk in their social circles as the idea of arresting anyone who disagrees with them goes mainstream, all while they set up the apparatus on the Disinformation Commission to do it. The final most insane things this week come to us from NBC News, who actually had the audacity to label their report on Hunter Biden receiving Chinese money as breaking news, breaking my rear end. I covered it on my show two years ago, but they discovered it, they reported, in the Hunter Biden laptop. Yeah, this is actually old news. But when they do this, this is a signal that it is now okay to speak of it. We don't have to pretend it's Russian disinformation anymore. With a straight face, NBC reported this as if it was new. Anyway, what's fascinating about it is that they admitted that that Hunter Biden had taken money from the Chinese and didn't appear to have done anything to earn it. But there was a fascinating new revelation in about two lines. The guy who gave Hunter, the money was not just the go-between between the Chinese uh, government entities and Hunter. He's also the go-between between big Russian energy entities and the Kremlin. So the question is now raised. Was it the Chinese paying off Hunter or the Chinese and the Russians? Now, remember how much time, effort and energy the left spent on trying to find, this was the whole Mueller investigation, trying to find the Russian money, you know, the money that Putin had paid Trump with for the coup. That money, they never found it. Trump was forced to turn over by the Mueller investigation over a million documents. They couldn't find a dime. But there's Hunter's potentially Russian money and definitely Chinese money right in front of our face at NBC. 
So how big and scary and dangerous is Russia then? If Trump had been caught taking this kind of money or his son, it would have been dead to rights. Total impeachment. But Russian slash Chinese money floating around in the Biden's bank accounts? Shrug of shoulders. But what does it mean that NBC News would even publish such a thing after two years? It means that Joe Biden is dead man walking. It's now become okay to begin the process of using his own corruption to push him out of office. Battleground America with Tara Servatius. Please subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Share with friends, family, and other free thinkers. Thanks for listening. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.